0: Thunder Media.
1: On this episode of Inside Motorsport, we catch up with a young driver who's making his moves in Australian motorsport after spending time in Europe racing karts. It's Oscar Target, and we caught up with him racing Toyota 86s and in the GT3 Porsches at Sydney Motorsport Park. I hope you'll stay with us.
2: Welcome to Inside Motorsport, Tony Whitlock and Craig Revelle and we're with Oscar Target who is a young man who's very busy uh, at the moment because you're racing both a T86 and also a Porsche in Sprint Cup Challenge. Tell us about where you got to and how you got here.
0: Um, it's been quite the journey obviously, it doesn't happen overnight so I started going to the go-kart track basically from the day I was born with Dad. So. photos of me John targets yeah I think there's photos of me when I'm a couple months old at the go-kart track and then I think there's a couple videos of me two or three years old driving around in a little go-kart dad built and then by the time I was seven it was fully developed to the point where I was 100% committed that I wanted to race a go-kart and when you when you're seven you're allowed to by the rules so started as soon as I could and then it's kind of progressed from there we had Quite a close relationship with James Courtney over a number of years because Dad designed and ran his karting team and well the team and kind of the development side. So I raced a JC kart for six years and we did a lot of kart development, which I think's helped me a lot to where I am. And then you know things slowly progressed. I got better. We started to do more races, do national stuff, and then kind of got to the point where last year I ended up living in Europe for the whole year and racing the european championship in 2022 so raced the european championship world championship and a fair few wsk races struggled a lot at the start but by the end actually had a fair bit of success and then yeah i've jumped on board with the grove juniors team at the end of 2021 and now we're here and i've started my car racing journey
1: for the kart racing journey though the european karting is a very different style of driving to what we do in Australia?
0: Yeah, it's completely different, you know, I wasn't the best here in Australia when I left but in KZ, the class I was in I'd finished 5th in the National Championship before the year before, so I kind of was probably a bit further down the grid at the start of the year and I was probably a bit better than fifth best at the end of the year. So I was I was close to the front and I went over there and I think first race I was 70th out of 100. So it, it's a completely different level of competition but also the amount of money that's spent, the amount of people that do it, you know it's at the the team that I raced with we had three or four full time employees just to run the race team. So you know it's a full scale operation.
1: And the tracks are a lot different as well to an australian track leads to is it leads to being more a full contact sport as opposed to in australia where tried to be eliminated
0: yeah yeah the the tracks over there i i wouldn't say they're better than what we have here they're just different you know here we have a lot of you know high speed straight and then stop turn and tight and twisty stuff Where over there it's really really high speed and a lot of high speed corners not so much braking there's a lot of braking technique involved but a lot of actually, you know, through a fast corner you need to hold on and get the cart set up perfect, but yeah, the racing over there is, I banged wheels with people at 150 k's an hour in a go-kart, which is scary, so it's, and that, you know the first time I did it, I was like, well that's scary and by the end, you know, I was doing it to people because that's what everyone did, so yeah, it's a, it's a completely different world over there And back when your dad and I were racing
1: we'd look at the spark plug to work out whether it was rich or lean. The amount of data that you're absorbing, and I I can only imagine how much data and engineering you've had to do in your head,
0: particularly once you got to Europe. Yeah, it's completely different over there, you know. Here we did a little bit of data stuff but it was what Dad and I had taught ourselves and if you asked Dad, he never liked looking at data for a go-kart so we basically didn't look at it at all and then I got over there and, you know, they were telling me, oh you need to break 30 centimetres later and if if you broke 30 centimetres later you'd be on pole instead of 15th. You know, it was that tight over there so Looking at the data stuff was at, at I think it gave me a good starting point before I came to car racing. You've
1: come back home and you've built a relationship with Grove Racing.
0: How did that introduction happen? Um, it happened at the end of 2021. There was just you know Grove put announced that they were going to start their junior team. So as probably a lot of people did, I put in my application and I'd, I was lucky enough to get through to the interview stage. And I they quite liked me in the interview and I was actually quite lucky because I'd just come home from Europe doing an F4 Academy. So at the time, COVID, Queensland didn't really like COVID, so we were stuck in New South Wales. And that was at the point where they had four race meetings in a row here at Sydney Motorsport Park. So I think on like the Wednesday I had the interview and the next day on Thursday, they rung up and said, Hey, we like you. We heard you're in Sydney. Do you want to come down to the track for the day on Saturday? and then by midday Saturday they said, oh you're in the junior team, gave me the shirt and everything, came back Sunday and hung out with them and that's kinda, that's all I really, obviously I talked to them a lot over the phone and Zoom calls and that sort of stuff but that's the only time I'd met met Steven, Brenton, Gav, Couchy, all of those guys until I came home, because only a couple of weeks later I went back to Europe again.
2: Uh, of course, uh, now driving both an 86 and a Porsche, um, you, you couldn't get more different, or I suppose it could be a front-wheel drive, a uh, uh, T86. It's not. It's front-engine, rear-wheel drive, and the Porsche is, of course, what it is. Jumping from one to
0: the other, obviously you don't do not do back to back in them, but how do you cope with the two different... Well, we've actually got three back-to-backs this weekend. So all the races are jump out of one car, run down the pit lane, get in the other. So... It's gonna it's not gonna be easy, but I actually find it not too difficult because for me, when you sit in the car, you sit in such a different position, the steering wheel's so different, the dash configuration's so different, it doesn't almost feel like two completely different things where I think a lot of the trouble would come if I got out of a Porsche and into another Porsche that you sat in the same position, you held the wheel the same, you pressed the pedals the same, but it had half the power and half the grip, then I think it would mess with my brain. But it's so it's two completely different things that it's, it, I don't find it too difficult, actually.
2: One of the first times I came across that particular scenario was a, a driver called Adam Macro, who's the older brother of Tim Macro, who I'm sure you would know of. And Adam had a, uh, a free drive in a Formula Holden and then won the Longhurst drive in a Castrol Falcon. And it was suggested to him that he should have two different helmets yep. putting on so you have a totally different feeling. Now, obviously, you don't run two different helmets. You have the same helmet in both. But because, as you talk about the contrast between the two, acclimatise instantaneously.
0: Yeah, well, you know, a couple of people have said to me, and what I've taken on board actually works really well, just drive around on the outlap and hit all the kerbs because it basically gives you a reset of how big the car is because, you know, in the Porsche, you go through somewhere like Turn 5 and you put your body on the, on the apex where... In the 86, you know, you've got to put the left-hand side of the car on the apex and you're a bit off it. So, to kind of basically have a reset on yourself, you drive around, you feel like you're about to hit that curb, and you go, hang on, I'm actually half a meter off it, and then you just keep turning until you hit it, and you drive around in the outlap, hit all the curbs, and then go, hang on, that's how big the car is, and we're off again. So, that's quite a good thing, but no, lucky, I'm not quite lucky enough to have two helmets, but... At the moment, I don't think there's actually enough time to swap helmets. It's going to be a dash. So,
1: What's the end game for Oscar Target? What do you want to get to? Or what sort of progression
0: do you want to make in your racing career? Um, obviously, I think for every racing driver anywhere in the world, it's Formula One. But for me, I know that that's not going to happen. And my career path now and something that I've loved since I was a little kid is supercars. And for me, that's the goal. You know, Go to supercars with Grove win Bathurst, win championship, do the best I can, that's That's the end goal for me.
2: I'm sure the name of Oscar Target is one we'll know for some time. When you were talking about James Courtney, it reminded me of when I first met him as about a 15-year-old. He was racing in Italy and Susie Dilger from Castrol, who had long-time Castrol Motorsport Manager, she was taking him round at Oran Park in the days of V8s and there was this very brash young James Courtney, not changed much nowadays. Got two wives over you know what I mean? But it was really interesting. To, to meet him so early in his career um, and obviously that sort of thing is what you'd like to be doing.
0: Yeah that that's exactly my goal you know it's my mum and dad had quite a bit to do with James because they both lived in Italy at the point when he moved there so whilst he didn't live with them they were kind of the only other Australians there so a lot of the time, he'd go to their place and stay with them. So that's they've kind of had that experience of dealing with someone who's trying to make a motorsport career already. So it's kind of the second time round for them. So they're, yeah, they're a massive help to me. James has been great. And the team at Grove have been amazing to me. There's, there's nothing more I could ask for helping from them.
2: Well, listeners out there, note his name, Oscar Target. You'll be hearing a lot of it in the years to come. All the very best. Enjoy yourself. And we look forward to
0: watching you succeed. Thank you very much.
1: That's all we have time for on this edition of Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
2: Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.